Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. You can also send a message through the KPEL app chat. Uh, music hit a little too soon and I wasn't able to open that up quite yet. Let me let's see all messages. Okay, so again, if you've got the KPEL app but you never used the chat feature before, that's fine. Open up the app. You're going to see a little text message looking icon up up at the top right corner. Hit that, select general message, and send a message to the show. I love to respond to you guys through the app. I love to respond to y'all on the air. So give us a call. uh, Send a message to the app, whichever you like. Be glad to take your calls today. Again, 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's go with the big news of the day. Joe Biden wants to finish a job, and I'm not sure if he ever started one or if I want him to finish whatever job he thinks he started. But here is his campaign announcement. Fundamental to who you are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term, to fight for our democracy. It shouldn't be a red revolution. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms. Cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes for the very wealthy. Dictating what health care decisions women can make. Banning books and telling people who they can love. All while making it more difficult for you to be able to vote. All right, I'm not playing you the full three minute video. Also, sorry for that uh, gap there. Uh, apparently, the wrong the wrong button was hit, so now I'm having to make sure that that's hit in the future. But anyway, you heard the basics, um, and and Joe Biden's going back to the Democrats' familiar well on this. He is looking for he's looking to portray all Republicans as extremists and. This is where the Republicans are going to be fighting back. I think the heaviest they're going to be they're going to be on defense here. But I don't think Biden and the Democrats really understand how weak that message is going to play. Because Biden can say what he wants about banning books, about telling people who they can or can't love. He can make allusions to the abortion stuff. And the abortion stuff is probably just electorally the weakest uh, social issue that the Republicans have right now. Republicans just have not been able to navigate the post row era very well so far. But Biden has, I think, I, I think by his campaign focusing on all of these social issues and ignoring the reality of the situation, the the Biden team is actually making it more difficult on themselves. They're not mounting a defense against things that they know are a weakness for Biden, which includes the economy, which includes uh, the foreign uh, foreign tensions. It includes a lot of things going on right now in the world. Uh, the GOP, and this is, this is interesting just from a technical standpoint, the RNC, the GOP's uh, National Committee, has released a response ad. It's 30 seconds long. This just in, we can now call the 2024 presidential race for Joe Biden. This morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. 
financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their doors. Border agents were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals yesterday evening. Officials closed the city of San Francisco this morning, citing the escalating crime and fentanyl crisis. Who's in charge here? It feels like the train is coming off the tracks. Now, here's the thing about that ad. That 30-second response ad from the GOP was entirely AI-generated. If you go and look up the video, every image there is an AI-generated image. The entire ad, 100% created by artificial intelligence, which is something that we're now seeing in the world of politics. But the GOP is going to hit the Biden administration and candidate Biden on the stuff that they have really been pushing, the, the, the stuff that's affecting you and me. Biden is looking to paint Republicans as extreme. Now, why did Joe Biden release a campaign announcement at 6 o'clock Eastern time this morning, 5 o'clock our time, even earlier for the rest of the country? He's trying to have it both ways. If you heard me on Acadiana's Morning News this morning, I mentioned that one of the reasons that he would drop this at the beginning of the day is so he could dominate the news cycle for the day. And for the most part, all the news stories have been focused on Joe Biden and his reelection campaign. He wanted to dominate because he's got to fight back against this image of him being this old, decrepit, kind of mentally unfit guy. And so his campaign is launching to try to make it look like he's not. We're strong. We want to dominate the headlines. We're coming out swinging on this. We're going after the extreme MAGA Republicans, all of this. But there's another reason he drops it so early in the morning. They don't want to put him in front of a microphone and camera and have him announced to the world live. And it looks like they may attempt sort of a hybrid campaign based on what they did in 2020. In 2020, he ran the basement campaign. Biden was stuck in a basement. He did pre-recorded segments. He did uh, carefully curated interviews. All of these things he did because they didn't want to get him out. They didn't trust his mental fitness. And a presidential campaign is a grueling schedule. And somebody his age three years ago didn't look like they were going to handle it. Now, three years later, definitely doesn't look like he's going to handle it. So... He's not going to come out and give a live announcement. He did hit the road. He did go make a speech today. But again, carefully crafted speech was not a campaign rally. It was pre-planned. But this is one of the big, big issues that we're going to see going forward. Can Joe Biden, at his age, with all of his problems, can Joe Biden handle a presidential campaign? The Democrats don't really seem confident that he can, but they're standing by him. They're they're going full Tammy Wynette. They are standing by their man. The Republicans really hope that's the case. Joe Biden is the candidate they can most likely beat, but... There's a big but here. Donald Trump is the one guy Joe Biden could beat. And we know that because it's happened before. I'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen this time, but Democrats are making sure to attack Ron DeSantis. They are attacking Nikki Haley. They are attacking every other Republican. They're not really touching Donald Trump right now. 
the media is not really touching Donald Trump as much as they would like to. The Democrats and the media both want Donald Trump to be the nominee. It's good for the bottom line, and it's Joe Biden's best possible chance. But Biden has a lot of problems coming up. He does. We have high inflation. It has gone down, but it's gone down because interest rates have gone up. So there's more financial pressure on you and me, on the average American. And when inflation is super high, you have to raise interest rates in order to bring inflation down. But raising interest rates causes a recession. We haven't gotten to the recession point yet, and Joe Biden is kicking off his campaign. At some point during his campaign, while he's trying to convince America, I got to finish the job, there's going to be a recession. On top of that, we still have a crisis at our border. We still have a crime wave. We still have a fentanyl crisis. We still see rising, uh, rising foreign tensions with China and Russia both emboldened to act against U.S. interests because the Biden administration has done very little to stop them. So while the Democrats and while the media really and truly feel that Donald Trump is the best possible chance for Joe Biden to win re-election, Joe Biden has a very uphill battle because there are a lot of factors in play that will cause his campaign to go off the rails if they are not prepared for it. But for Joe Biden to come out and say, we've got to finish the job, I think is actually kind of funny because either American voters are going to look around and say, I don't want him to finish the job. Or they're going to say, what job did he start? Because everybody is feeling like the country's going in a worse direction. You have a high number of Americans that don't want him to run again. You have a high number of Democrats that don't want him to run again. But the Democrats don't have a bench. There's nobody behind him. Kamala Harris, no. God, no, she can't do it. Nobody likes her. Her approval rating is the lowest in the country. Pete Buttigieg, he was talked about at one point. He's been an absentee landlord on all of the major uh, uh, transportation department issues that have cropped up in Biden's first half of his first term. What is Pete Buttigieg going to bring to the table on this? Any other candidate? Uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Absolutely not. He's kind of a joke as it is. Marianne Williamson? I don't think there's enough space crystals for me to really get on board with the Williamson campaign or many other Americans. But that's where the Democratic Party is. They have to stand by their man. And they have to hope that Donald Trump wins the nominee, um, wins the nomination for the GOP. Biden beat Trump once. They think that they can beat Trump again. I'm not so sure. But Trump's making it very hard for Republicans right now. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, going into the Trump issue in just a minute because there's news coming out about his plans to further derail not Joe Biden, but Ron DeSantis. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. So while all of this is going on with Donald Trump, I'm, I'm sorry, with Joe Biden announcing his reelection campaign, launching that today, 
a couple bits of news about Donald Trump have come out. The first is him announcing a little while ago that he will not be taking part in any of the Republican debates. He posted to Truth Social a little while ago. I see that everybody is talking about the Republican debates, but nobody got my approval or the approval of the Trump campaign before announcing them. When you're leading by seemingly insurmountable numbers and you have hostile networks with angry Trump and MAGA-hating anchors asking the, quote, questions, why subject yourself to being libeled and abused? Also, the second debate is being held at the Reagan Library, the chairman of which is, amazingly, Fred Ryan, publisher of the Washington Post. No. So Donald Trump is saying right now that he's not going to take part in the Republican debates. Okay? Uh, If you're leading by insurmountable odds, the debate shouldn't matter. Uh, But you're essentially giving free, unimpeded access to the voters from your opponents. I don't think that's the wisest decision. Debates don't really mean all that much unless somebody has a super major screw-up. But that super major screw-up could be Donald Trump, the guy who's in the lead, all of a sudden lagging in the polls because other people got a chance to talk and they sounded pretty good. So I'm not sure. I mean, I expect Donald Trump to change his mind. I expect him to decide to want to be part of it uh, and try to to fight his way in. But if he decides not to, okay, we get to hear from Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott and maybe Ron DeSantis and maybe Mike Pence and maybe some others. Okay. Oh, Larry Elder. I keep forgetting Larry. I have no idea why Larry Elder's in this race. I don't. I'm like, I think subconsciously I just keep blocking him out. I don't know what Larry Elder is doing in this race. Um, the relief factor ad revenue has probably run out, so he needs another grift maybe. Just, oh, man, I I cannot figure that one out at all. Here's the other piece of news about Donald Trump, which is also very interesting. So, you know, in Florida, they have a resigned to run law. And there have been some questions. Is Ron DeSantis able to run for governor, able to run for president while being governor of Florida? Some say no because of this resign to run law. Most legal experts in Florida say, yeah, that law only applies to state elected officials. So uh, not not federal ones. So Ron DeSantis would be able to stay as the governor of Florida and run for president. And that's kind of the understanding of how most resign to run laws typically work. You don't have to resign to run for federal office. But the state legislature, with apparently Ron DeSantis kind of pushing them behind the scenes to do so, the state legislature in Florida is pushing to uh, revamp that law to make it clear that it's about state positions and not federal positions. Well, according to multiple sources, including those in Trump circles, Trump is flying to Tallahassee to whip legislative votes against that bill. So if he's leading by insurmountable odds and he is looking like he's going to be the candidate for the Republicans, why is he going to try to fight to make sure Ron DeSantis can't enter the race? I don't think Trump is as confident as he's coming as he's trying to portray himself. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. I'm going to take this break when we get back. More dangers of social media. Get on that and other stories here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, 
A real quick bit of breaking news. Um, A deadly crash on Moss Street a little while ago has been, uh, it's still under investigation, but the roadway is clear. The the roadway there was closed uh, for quite a bit, but it is now open. Uh, A driver going at a high speed down Moss, crossed several lanes, hit another driver. The first driver was... uh, the first driver was killed in the crash. The second driver has been hospitalized. Prayers up for both families there. Uh, the victim in that deadly crash, the the original driver, Thomas Green, age 75, of Lafayette. So there is an update there. I know a lot of y'all were searching for that story a little while ago. That is up on our page now, kpl965.com. Uh, it's going up on Facebook in just a minute. But I want to get to a national story. I mean, I, I've I've talked about social media issues a lot on this show, and this is uh, this is no different. And this is actually very scary. This is one reason why you just have to be very careful. And and again, this is less about the child being careful as the parent being careful and knowing what their child is doing. 13-year-old Utah boy hung out in the typical online spaces for someone his age, the chat, app, the chat app Discord, the gaming platform Roblox, and, of course, Twitter. But for more than two months last year on those very platforms, the boy was being sexually groomed by an adult who was 13 years older and hundreds of miles away. It started in private messages, then moved into public view onto, on Twitter. It ended in a horror story. The boy's father went to check on him one night and found him missing, his window open, the bedroom freezing. The boy was allegedly abducted by the man accused of grooming him, driven across state lines, and, prosecutors said, repeatedly sexually assaulted. The boy's parents told NBC News that they believe the kidnapping was preventable. It came after a series of missed opportunities over the span of nearly a month, where, they said, Twitter and law enforcement failed to effectively intervene despite an abundance of information posted online. They are demanding answers. The report by NBC News is based on a bunch of archived online messages, state and federal court filings uh, involving the suspect, uh, interviews with the parents of the teenage boy, interviews with law enforcement, and an interview with the teen himself while his mother was present. It's a major report being put out by NBC News. And it is so important that this child story is told because there are so many dangers out there. Social media is a good tool if used in the right way. But more and more, we're seeing stories, especially now with TikTok's information gathering, with Snapchat releasing an AI bot to all of its users, with, uh, I mean, the, the leaks on Discord, the advance of child pornography on several places that are supposed to be blocking this type of material, but they are barely regulated and moderated as it is. There is a lot out there that, your kids are going to be exposed to. And I'm not the type of person to advocate 
uh, helicopter parenting by any means. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But educating your child and educating yourself is very important here. There's a failure of law enforcement and a failure of Twitter in this story. Law enforcement was told about the threats. They sent them to Twitter. They sent the wrong username to Twitter. Twitter never got back with them. They sent a corrected request to Twitter for information on a user. Twitter was very slow in getting back to them. Twitter, under the old regime, was very bad about combating child porn on its service, on its app. There were certain hashtags that you could use that were being used by people peddling child porn, that if you looked up those hashtags, you would find plenty of it out there. And under Elon Musk, they have started pushing back against a lot of that child pornography, deleting it, going after the people who are spreading it. That's one thing that Elon Musk has done right at Twitter is to start fighting back against people who would otherwise prey on children. Twitter's corporate and technological bureaucracy is very slow and very difficult to navigate if they let you navigate it at all. Even under Elon Musk, it still is. There is no swift answer or swift repercussion for anybody who breaks the rules. There's just a slow slog unless, of course, you are personally uh, insulting or directing threats to Elon Musk or his family. But this story... Like when I mentioned the Snapchat AI the other day, this story is not just about a child being kidnapped and sexually assaulted by somebody who drove across state lines to kidnap them. This is also a story where the parents who were paying attention still were blindsided by what would end up happening. They thought that simply... And, and this is not blaming them for it. This is just the way people are kind of trained to think on this. And we need to think beyond the usual that reporting it to the police and reporting it to Twitter would be enough. You need to be monitoring what your child is doing. You need to know what your child is doing. You need to have an open dialogue with your child to discuss the types of things that people are doing online. Because it's it's going to get to the point where, I mean, the floodgates are already open. Your child is exposed to a whole lot on social media, to a whole lot on the Internet. Social media is a place for all sorts of people to lie about their age, to lie about who they are, and to get close to kids, to get close to people, uh, potential victims, whether it's for illicit sexual purposes, or if it's to scam somebody out of money, or if it's whatever. There are a lot of people out there on social media who are simply not honest, and part of it is social media is built to allow a, a certain level of anonymity. But even then, it's easy to go around the things that are supposed to make you not anonymous. This NBC report should be eye-opening to a lot of people because Roblox is something every kid talks about. Every kid either has it or wants to be part of the Roblox online gaming community. Every kid knows about Discord. Discord is one of the most popular apps on kids' phones right now because 
most kids like to play online games and they join communities dedicated to it without realizing that some of the people in those communities or running those communities are actually vile people who mean them harm or at least mean to rob them of their innocence. Most kids have Snapchat and Instagram or or some combination thereof of these social media apps that are out there. And we're not we're we're past the point where we can regulate those out of existence. You will never regulate social media out of existence. You will never regulate them to the point where they aren't going to be a danger to your kids. The only thing you can do is be proactive in how you talk to, engage with, open that dialogue with, and monitor your kids. Know what they're doing online. Know how you can stop it. How you can stop that vile stuff from coming across to your kids' screens. And if it does, be able to talk with your child and let them know how to handle that situation. I told y'all last week, I have an 11-year-old. She has a phone. It's for emergency purposes only. She doesn't get it every day of the week. She gets it on very rare occasion. But even then, I make sure I've got the Google family link because hers is a Google phone. Uh, I make sure that she has Life360 on it. So if she is somewhere, I can track exactly where she is. I've, give, I've created a Google account for her that's tied to my own account so I can monitor what she sees if she goes online. can monitor the text, monitor what she's trying to download onto the phone. And if she wants to download something, she has to talk to us about it and explain why. And if it's a good enough reason, okay, yeah. If not, if there's some sort of inherent danger in that, we're going to put our foot down and say absolutely no. There's far too much that can happen. We can't isolate our child from it. I mean, we know what isolation does to children. Look at the way school scores have dropped when we isolated our kids from each other during COVID. We know that isolation doesn't work. We know that cutting kids off from this type of stuff doesn't work. If anything, it makes them fight harder for it. You won't believe the number of kids who aren't given a phone at home, but when they go to school, one of their friends will let them use their phone and sign into an Instagram or Snapchat account they don't have on their own that they've created on somebody else's phone, and that friend lets them sign into it to post a picture very briefly before signing off again. That is actually a thing that happens. If your child has an Instagram or a Snapchat or a TikTok, do you follow them on it? Do you give them their space? Do you monitor what they're putting out there? Do you ask to check their phone and check the DMs on a constant basis? How do you handle that? There's no set strategy here. There is absolutely no strategy that is 100% for everybody because everybody's relationship with their child is different. But the underlying problem is the same. We have an entire online culture that preys on the innocent, whether it's sexually, financially, uh, emotionally, mentally, whatever the case may be. And we are struggling. The kids, like I said, are not all right. The reason we're seeing so many societal problems is that we have detached ourselves from parenting in a way. We have let 
screens babysit our kids. We have let technology take over the day-to-day for our kids. And it's really quite horrifying what happens as a result of that. I'm not a doom and gloom type person just by nature. I can be very cynical, but I'm not a doom and gloom and everything is awful and we need to delete all the social media. We need to isolate our kids as much as possible. I, I, I don't believe in that helicopter over overly burdensome parenting. But I know good and damn well what's out there. And I don't think enough parents out there really and truly understand when they let their kids get a social media account for some of these things, I don't think they fully understand what they're letting their kids get into. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, let's go ahead and take a quick phone call uh, before we go to our last break of the day. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Yeah, um, I was just uh, calling in... um, just to say one quick thing, yeah. uh, I'm listening to your show right now and everything you're talking about. I think an easy way to fix everything would be if the parents set the example and got off of social media themselves, then you wouldn't have kids asking to be on social media. And I can say that because my wife and I both don't have social media, haven't had it for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing we ever did for our marriage and for just, you know, personally – So I think it starts with the parents because if we're not the ones doing it and so excited to be on social media 24-7, then the kids wouldn't find it exciting either. And I think that's where it starts. But I'll hang up and listen. Well, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, that is a a great idea. Um, And I want to go ahead and get into that when I come back from this break to kind of close out the show because there is something to that. And I want to talk about that a little bit when we get back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. 232-1542 if you want to comment, if you want to send a message to the KPL app, all that and more when we wrap up here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Now, the call in the last segment had a great point. You know, if parents didn't show their addiction to social media, it's likely that kids would not be so addicted to it. And so you do have the um, you you do have the peer pressure of you know seeing all the kids at school who have it, and so you've got that pressure. But at the same time, I think there's something to reducing your your own screen dependency and your kids seeing that and reflecting it. The issue I have personally, and I hate that I have this this issue. My job's kind of reliant on social media, both of my jobs, um, a huge portion of Internet traffic. And I, you know, I write for two sites. I write for KPL 965 and I write for uh, RedState.com. My job is dependent on social media. I unfortunately have to be on Twitter. And it is. Uh, it's unfortunate that I have to be on Twitter. I, I want to give it up, um, but I have not been able to yet. Uh, but I, I, I really try, I mean, there's little, little steps we take, no phones at the table. Um, when we're, you know, watching a family movie or anything like that, we, we, we try to avoid the screens or anything like that. But I think if we just overall, I I think displaying 
a lack of dependency on screens is very important. I think, yeah, that is something we should do to that call in the last segment. Absolutely. But something else we also need to do, and I think this is part of, of where kids get led astray online, is that we we really need to do more in terms of, of positively affirming our kids. Not, not spoiling them, not thinking they can do no wrong. But we as a society just need more positive affirmation in general. We need to make sure that our kids know that they're loved and know that they are respected and know that whatever the outside world says doesn't really matter. They don't have to go somewhere else to seek affirmation, which is what happens a lot of time online. Online life is an escape for a lot of these kids. They seek affirmation elsewhere. We can do more to bring affirmation to our own families and reduce the dependency on that, too. That's it for me. 23 hours until I come back. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, and email Joe at RedState.com. The podcast version of the show is going to be up in a couple of minutes over at Joe Cunningham Show.substack.com, where you can go to find the podcast and whatever I've written for the day. Plenty to see there, plenty to listen to there. If you've missed a part of this show or some previous episode of the show, it's all there. I'm going to take this break. See you all tomorrow. Shannon is offside with Old School Nerd next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.